Hello and welcome to Solid Steps Radio. I am Chad Russell, the co-host. That is Kurt Souter of Further Still Ministries, and we are Solid Steps Radio. We're a show for men by men, talking about stuff from a guy's perspective, and uh, we want to talk about all types of different topics and cover it from a from a dude's perspective. You know, there's all kinds of areas of life and. Uh, that's our niche, and we have a lot of lady listeners who like the show, and we appreciate that. But our audience primarily is we want to talk to the guys, and hopefully, guys, we can reach you in a way that is relevant to you. We believe you have a destiny, and that destiny is to walk with God through Jesus Christ. And part of that is being a man who walks with God, and it's different than a woman who walks with God. So now that we've got sometimes, all that— Sometimes really different. <laughs> now that we've got that all figured out and we're all clear on that— uh, we're talking today a topic that is going to be near and dear to many people's hearts, uh, especially guys, and because that's what we relate to so much. I was watching a video a couple of weeks ago of Dallas Willard on a panel talking to a group of businessmen. If you don't know who Dallas Willard is and you're listening to this, go out and buy a Dallas Willard book and read it. it, it Dallas Willard, very philosophical. Uh, he was the professor of and I think the head of the philosophy department for a time at the University of Southern California. So he, his mind thinks differently than, than mine and, and most people. But he was in front of a group of business people and he said, I always ask this question to my students, what is the purpose of business? And the, there would always be a business student that would shoot their hand up and almost invariably the answer was going to be profit. Somewhere in their answer, the answer is profit. And his response to that was, is that what you tell your customers? And that is a very convicting statement. If you, I'm in sales and I've been selling for 20 years. And, and if you are in sales or if you are in a business and you look at the person across from you, you said, my main objective in what I'm doing is to profit from you. <laughs> you know, that's not right. They sure as heck know that's not right. <laughs> so the question is, what is the answer or what is the reason for business? Well, it's profits in there. But it's really the betterment of someone else and how can we make the people around us and how can we move the ball down the field? And from God's perspective, we ask, what's the purpose of business from his perspective? Well, we're talking today with an entrepreneur uh, and um, you're listening. If you own a business or you work uh, in a small business, you know that there is a purpose for your business and it's not just to make a paycheck. And God is the creator, ultimate entrepreneur, really. And what does that mean in our life, in our daily walk? So uh, we, we've got a, a guy here who's been doing this a, a boatload of years. Doug, uh, you've been a, an entrepreneur business guy for how many years? Close to 40. You're, not, you're not that old. <laughs> I, I am. I'll be 61 this year. And I, I we started our first business when I was 24. So... So, Doug, tell us about, uh, you know, because I think when uh, when we hear about business, uh, you know, a small business, larger business, entrepreneur, um, when did you first kind of in your heart, um, in your mind, think that this is how God's wired me? I'm not sure there was ever a moment when that happened. Um, you know, I was, um, I, I grew up in the household of an entrepreneur. My dad was an entrepreneur, so I saw how it happened. I watched him leave a big company and start a company, and, you know, we kept getting fed, and so I wasn't too worried about that, and um, uh, so I think that was modeled for me. Uh, You know, the moment it happened for me, really, was I I was fortunate enough to graduate from college in 1979, right on on the beginnings of the personal computer 
uh, revolution, right? The Apple II came mm-hmm. out that same year. Uh, the IBM PC was a couple of years away. Everything was, you know, completely brand new. And, um, you know, through a series of, you know, funny accidents, I sort of stumbled onto that whole space and said, you know, there's got to be a pony in here somewhere, right? And so uh, just decided I was going to throw everything else away and figure out how to get into that into that space. And, you know, there was never a moment where it was kind of like, you know, oh, my goodness, you know, how are we going to how are we going to eat? Are we going to be able to, you know, pay the rent? It just I figured it would work out and, uh, you know, that this was exciting enough that it was worth jumping into. I mean, there's an element of real faith when you're going to start something new um, and you're just going to trust that it's going to work out. Yeah. Even though many times, uh, I mean, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, I think entrepreneurs, people, um, you know, talk about what's different about entrepreneurs uh, one of the ways that we're different, I think, that entrepreneurs are different is that um, we assess risk differently than other people do. It's not that we're not afraid of risk, but we, we view it differently. You know, maybe we tend to discount it more or we don't focus on certain aspects of it as much as other people. And it just kind of never worried me. I figured, well, you know, if the worst comes to worst, I'll just go get another job and, you know, we'll, we'll start over again. But, um, you know, so it was never kind of like terrifying for me to think about leaving and going and doing something else. How, how, how did you, um, how did Gina, your, your wife, of, of how many years you've been married now? Well, it'd be 38 in a couple of weeks. Yeah, don't, yeah, don't forget the number. There. Yeah, That's, it's easy. Eight, 1980. The math, okay, the okay, math is easy. Go. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Did, did Gina ever, did she ever uh, struggle with that? Sometimes I tease Gina that, you know, she would have been better off being married to an accountant or a lawyer, you know, somebody with a steady career and a steady paycheck. I think I've terrified her a couple of times along the way with, you know, some of the things that I've done. But she has been so supportive and so encouraging, you know, to me in in this and, you know, has always just said, well, if you think that's what we should do, then let's do that. You know, so Gina actually helped me start the the Cobb Group, which was our first, you know, business that we owned, uh, you know, together and worked hard in that business as one of the founders. As our kids were born, she, you know, stepped back with each one a little bit more. Uh, So she has some of that herself, but um, she's more cautious than I am. And, you know, I I do think I scared her to death a couple of times. Doug, Last uh, yesterday, Chad and I were talking about how, you know, when we look at you and you, you're you're this kind of guy who starts things. Mm-hmm. That's a lot like God. I mean, <laughs> Chad mentioned in in the opening that you know, the ultimate entrepreneur is is God. He's the creator. Mm-hmm. T- talk about that um, from a biblical perspective: how God creates and how He puts that many times in us. Yeah, I, I, you know, I think this is one of the ways that, that we do reflect the image of God. You know, God is a creator God. He makes things out of nothing. We can't quite do that. We make things out of something else. Um, but, uh, you know, I think this is a way that we really reflect that divine spark in, in you know, that he's put in us. And, um, you know, for me... Uh, one of my very favorite verses in the Bible, we can talk about this more as the as the hour goes on, is um, Ephesians 2.10. Everybody knows 8 and 9, right? You know, it's kind of those are the theme verses of the evangelical church. But uh, 2.10 says, um, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. And I, I just love the idea that life is about figuring out what God has already planned and put in place for me to do, 
and stumbling across those or sometimes, you know, pursuing those, you know, intentionally, but uh, and seeing, you know, this rich set of, of opportunities and, you know, needs that he's put me in the place to be able to, to fulfill, right? So starting businesses is just one aspect of that or starting ministries, whatever, it, you know, it turns out to be. That's just one aspect of that, you know, uh, good works, you know, that God's preparing in advance for me to do. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think you're right. I think if there's a lot of people who, when, when, when they cross the line, they trust Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. Um, they, that's Ephesians 2, 8, 9. Yeah, it is. Right. Um, but we, we're not saved by our works, good works. Right. But we are saved for good works. Good works. It's amazing, isn't it? You know, just a little bit of shift there. I but, know. Um, and but many Christians, we 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 miss that. We do. And so, therefore, we we're either trying constantly to you know our we're just going 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 uh, a million miles an hour, thinking that we're going to earn our way to salvation. Yeah. Or we we just relish in the grace of God, and <laughs> and we kind of sit and. Just enjoy all of God's creation, but we miss you know the good works. Kurt, if you uh, you know work work was not a part of the curse. Work existed in the garden before the fall. You know God told Adam and Eve to you know to tend the garden, to subdue the earth and rule over it, right? And that had nothing to do with sin. That was that was their job before sin. So we're built to work and to do work. I think you know it's. There's a lot of ways that has been damaged by the fall. Uh, it's made harder by it and more frustrating. And I think for some people, it's made uh, it's taken something that I, I have always found to be a source of joy, but it's turned it can can turn it into a source of real frustration. Um, but we're made to work. And I think it's one of God's um, greatest expressions of love for us that he shares his important work with us. You know, Jesus told uh, the disciples, you know, go and make disciples of all nations. Well, I mean, that's just a silly, astounding task that he assigned to them. You know, these 12 guys, they didn't even know, (laughs) I mean, what they didn't know about what he told them to do, you know, would have, you know, been much more than what they did know about it. But, and there's no doubt in my mind that if he wanted to, he could have gotten that job done way faster and better by himself than sharing it with us, right? You know, think about oh, yeah. we get tired, we get frustrated, we we get discouraged, we we make stupid mistakes. I mean, there's just all kinds of ways that, you know, we screw things up that, that he doesn't. I'm just persuaded, though, that he shares it with us because he loves us so much and he wants to share the joy of the, of the accomplishment with us. He knows how much joy there is in that. So, You know, I think that this idea that God's prepared us to do good works is just a great expression of how much he loves us and wants us to be a part of of his plan. Yeah, that's good stuff. So we're going to take a break, come back in the next few segments, and we're going to unpack more about what it means to be an entrepreneur in the kingdom of God, how that reflects us, and also talk about uh, what if you're not an entrepreneur? What if you say, hey, I I don't work for myself, I work for someone else, and how this applies just as much to you as it does anyone else. So we're going to take a break, and we'll be back shortly on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to our second segment of Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back. And if you're just joining us, we're talking today with entrepreneur Doug Cobb. And uh, we are talking about what it means to be an entrepreneur and how that applies in, in God's kingdom. And why does God 
uh, create entrepreneurs. And uh, he's an entrepreneur himself, if you think about it. And if you are an entrepreneur and you need some money, LNN Credit Union is a great place to go if you want to talk about finances, if you need to open up an account for your new business, or you need to see how your business could possibly benefit from being in a different location, LNN Credit Union would love to do that. They take care of personal, business, mortgages, auto, you name it. They would love to help you out. So LNN Credit Union. And then Vision First, uh, if you need eyewear to see your <laughs> during your business, uh, Vision First has been an absolute uh, great uh, source for me and my family over the years in regards to eye care, and they can be the same thing for you. They've been in the community for decades now, and Dr. Rod Rollo and his crew over there, they will take care of your eyes and you as a person. So we want to thank Ellen and Credit Union and Vision First for taking care of our show. So, Doug, talk to us about uh, you. You grew up uh, in a church, going to, uh, you know, going to church, uh, your, your family, uh-huh. um, but you really didn't know Jesus uh, personally until how old? I was the first year I was out of college. I was, I guess, 22. Um, and, um, you know, I, I met Gina, who uh, is now my wife, has been my wife for a long time. She was a believer. Uh, we went on a few dates. And then, um, you know, she kind of let me know that, you know, because she was a Christian and I wasn't, there wasn't much future in this. And she wasn't going to waste her time. And, <laughs> she, uh, she, <laughs> she, uh, she wrote you a letter, right? Yeah, it was, I call it a Christian Dear John letter. And, uh, <laughs> You know, and so I'm like, whoa, 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 wait a minute now. And um, we tease about that. But really, God had been working on me for a while. I had a number of friends um, who, you know, had been talking to me about Jesus. And that was really the thing that just kind of pushed me over the over the top. So, um, you know, and yeah, that's just been, uh, you know, that's, uh, gosh, almost 40 years ago. But, that you know, big, big, big change in my life. And so uh, at, at that time, so you, you fall in love with Jeannie, you got you guys get married, you you launch your, is that when you launched the Cobb? It was a couple of years later. Okay. Uh, we worked for a, um, uh, a well, uh, we I first had to break into the personal computer space because I had no training in that, didn't know anything about it. So the first step in that journey was going to work in a retail computer store, uh, one of the very first ones that existed in Cambridge, Mass. Gina was a student at uh, business school at the time. And um, and then that led to working for a um, company in Indianapolis called Q Corporation that was a publisher of books about uh, personal computers. I, I wrote some books for them and helped uh, you know with some others that other people wrote. Um, we tried to buy that company, but weren't able to do so, and so we quit to start a essentially a competitor to it. Uh, although our sort of innovation was the idea of newsletters as opposed to books, you know, the monthly newsletter format, mm-hmm. which of course, you know, all the young people are thinking, what's a newsletter, right? The internet has completely obsoleted that business model, but it was a great model back in the day of paper and mail, right? When people actually right, yeah. did things that way, and. So that was really the the start of the entrepreneurial career. We started that business in 1984 here in in Louisville, uh, the Cobb Group. And then and and then that really jumped you to your next. Uh... We we sold that business in 1991 to the Ziff Davis Company, a big magazine publisher, and um, I worked there for a couple more years for you know for them as the as the you know the CEO, not the owner anymore, and. Um, and then uh, decided, well, if you know, running one of these businesses is fun, then being involved with several of them would be really fun. <laughs> so I went to see my friend Dave Jones Jr. and said, let's let's start a little investment firm, a little venture capital firm, 
to you know see if we can invest in you know some startups. So that was the birth of Chrysalis Ventures, which um, Dave still runs. I haven't worked there for a while. I I still do some things with them, sit on some boards, and you know help them out with a few things. But um, you know that that's been now um, gosh uh, more than twenty years in that business. So that's incredible. And then but but God's still not done. He. He moves you from uh, the Cobb Group, and then it's to that, uh, you know, that business. Then there was something else. Yeah, I um, well, I, I spent three years as the first CEO of Greater Louisville Inc. Uh, helped to create that organization, and um, you know, the joke was kind of on me. We were looking around for who would be the first CEO, and you know, a lot of the guys said, "Well, how about you? You know, you thought this was such a good idea. Why don't you do it?" So did that for a few years. That was a great experience. Learned a lot of things in uh, in that. Uh, some things that are helping me now with the finishing fund. And um, then uh, went back to run a company here in town called Apris for um, about ten years, from 2000 to 2010. Uh, that was a company that um, had been uh, that Chrysalis had invested in. Two great founders, Mike Davis and Jung Win. Um, the company had gotten to be a certain size, was a little bit, you know, struggling a little bit with organization and, you know, management. And so I went back this time to be sort of the, you know, the adult supervision, you know, the the guy who'd been, done it once before and kind of had a sense of how it was supposed to go and uh, worked with Mike, um, you know, really left hand, right hand for 10 years. He now runs that company. He's doing a fantastic job of, of building it. It's one of Louisville's, you know, really great growth companies. But after 10 years there, I was kind of burned out on that, so I left and, um, you know, have been sort of freelancing since then, since uh, since 2010. What, what what are some some of the big nuggets that God really taught you as you, when you first started the Cobb Group, to where you are right now? Oh, gosh, there are so many things. You know, one, one thing that comes to mind is the, the importance and the power of partnership. Um, you know, I've been fortunate to have three... Uh, business relationships where I was closely partnered with somebody. The first was Tom Cottingham at the Cobb Group. Um, you know, Tom went on to run Tech Republic here in town and now uh, is the founder of Insider Louisville. So, you know, he's had an entrepreneurial career uh, after we, we went our separate ways. And then Dave Jones, I'd mentioned um, in Chrysalis, and then Mike Davis at Apris. Uh, and, you know, I, I would say that, um, you know, for me, those have been not only a source of uh, of great, you know, uh, help in business because look, none of us is, you know, complete, right? We all have weaknesses and strengths. And if you can find people around you who are complementary to you, um, you know, that's a, that's a huge advantage. And, uh, like, you know, for example, with Mike, Mike is, um, you know, he's a great salesman. He loves to be out in front of the customer. He's very innovative. I tend to be more sort of on the organizational strategic side. And so we were, a you know, a really, really great compliment. Uh, you know, he was a great compliment for me. And, you know, it, it, it's not only a source, though, of, of great, um, you know, help in the business, but it's a, it's a source of great joy. You know, some of those, those guys are now lifelong friends. And um, it's funny, I have a kind of a rule, you know, don't do business with your friends, but I end up being friends with the people I do business with. You know, I, <laughs> I don't start with that, but it turns out to, you know, to work out that way. And that's been, you know, the, that, that probably would be the maybe the number one thing that I think of when I think back over my career is the value uh, and the joy of having, you know, great partners. Well, as you're describing that, I mean, I mean, I'm immediately thinking of, you know, like Paul needed Barnabas. Yeah. 
Barnabas needed Paul. Yeah. Paul needed Silas. Yeah. And and there's this constant partnership. I mean, I think that's what Paul was saying in First Corinthians 12. You know, the 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 right arm needs the left arm. You yeah. Know, the eye needs the nose. That you know, we all are a part of this, and we need partnership. Well, you know, in the in the first you know Rocky movie, you know, Paulie asks Rocky, "Why why do you like my sister?" Right? And Rocky, <laughs> no, Adrian. Yeah. And Rock, Rocky's answer is, "Well, you know, it's gaps." And Paulie's like, "What gaps?" And he goes, "Yeah, I got gaps. She got gaps. We fill each other's gaps." Right? That's. I mean, that's that is one of the most important things you can know about life. Uh, it's true about marriage. Um, you know, uh, we've noticed uh, it's true for Gina and me that, you know, a lot of very successfully married people are very different from one another. Well, there's there's Rocky, right? He told us about that. So. <laughs> Philosopher, entrepreneur, yeah, and yeah, theologian, Rocky Balboa. My daughter just moved into a uh, uh, to college, and her roommate is Adrian. And I there go, you go. Oh, yo, I said, Adrian. I said, yo, Adrian. I bet nobody had ever done that oh, for gosh. her before. <laughs> <laughs> she and probably she goes, rolled her go, eyes at you. She did roll her eyes at me. I said, have you ever watched the movie Rocky? And no, she says, yeah. no, but I've, I know all about yeah. it. You know? yeah. Funny. <laughs> uh, so look for somebody to fill your gaps. No right? kidding. And so I mean that I mean that, that was a big thing that you learned. Yeah, and I, I share that with you know entrepreneurs that I work with now. I encourage them you know try to find someone who you can trust like that and who compliments you, who can be your you know your partner in the business. That's um, so Doug. That really led you then to uh, a deep passion of yours. You started something fairly recently called the finishing fund yeah yeah talk about that so for a number of years um i've worked with um my friend and kind of mentor paul eshelman uh, on an an organization he runs called finishing the task and you know it literally is about what it says it's about it's about finishing the task of of world evangelism um Jesus gave his disciples, gave the church, a very clear finish line for the Great Commission. He Mm -hmm. said, go and make disciples of every nation. Um, And the word there in Greek is uh, the word ethnos. It describes uh, a people group, a people group that would share a common language, culture, heritage, ancestry. Uh, The people who study these things, the really smart people who do this, tell us there's about 12,000 of those groups that you can identify in the world. You know, it's a little fuzzy at the edge. You know, is this group a separate group or is it close? But, you know, for round numbers, 12,000. And all but about a 1,000 of them, uh, we can say f- with certainty that there are disciples in those uh, groups. There's, there's folks who have believed and received Christ as their Savior. In, in 11,000 of the 12,000. But, um, uh, uh, but, but those 1,000 are still waiting to hear. Nobody, as far as we know, has ever been to them with the gospel. And so we're going to pick up from there. We need to take a break right, real quick. So we'll take a break, come back and hear more about what we went from starting a tech company to how do we take it to the thousand cultures that have never heard about Jesus. Well, how do you make that transition and how can your business and your entrepreneurship do something similar? Yes, something similar with uh, what God has given you. So we're going to take a break and we'll be back shortly on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to our third segment of Solid Steps Radio. If you missed the first two, then I apologize for that. You missed out, and you should go back to and listen to those in their entirety. Commercial-free, thanks to our great sponsors like Frank Enterprises. If you have a septic system that needs addressing or water drainage issues in your property, uh, you need to call Frank Enterprises. They will take care of you. 
And then also we want to thank Bright Star Home Care. If you have a loved one who needs health care, whether it's Alzheimer's, whether it is uh, just daily, weekly, or maybe even full-time care, uh, Bright Star Home Care is the process that you can begin to know what's your next step. And we want to thank them for being sponsors of our show. And because they're great sponsors like them, you can listen commercial-free if you go to Facebook, SoundCloud, or iTunes, and you just type in Solid Steps Radio, you will see our show there. You can click on it, listen to the podcast of all of our almost three years worth of shows, commercial free, including today's show. And we want to thank also in advance, we want to put you to put something on the on the calendar, okay? September the 25th at the Gein Center, which is at Beckley Creek Park uh, in Middletown. 6 p.m., we're going to have a free dinner. You heard me right. Free dinner, but you have to RSVP. It's kind of like Jesus feeding the 5,000. Not at all. Not in any way, shape, or form. We're going to feed them Chick-fil-A or Mark's Feed Store or something like that. You're not going to raise your hands and all of a sudden everybody's going to have bundles of food. Okay, so don't do that. We're not doing that. Let's forget him for a second, all right? Don't listen to him, all right? RSVP, where, where are they RSVPing? Who do they need to RSVP? I just go to our website. Which is furtherstoneministries.org. Yes. And you can click on there and, and, and say, hey, I want to go to that. And we're gonna, actually going to tape a show that evening. Uh, it's not going to be aired live, but we're going to tape it in front of the audience, and then we're going to air that at a later date. So September 25th, 6 p.m., put that on your calendar. We'd love to have you, and thank you for coming. So, so Doug, I, I love this, how, how God really works in so many ways. You really learned how to lead a business and how to be an entrepreneur, you know, creativeness, ultimately from God. God gifted you that and mm-hmm. passioned you and and wired you that way, but you learned it from your dad, mm-hmm. and you saw that you know kind of growing up, and then you kind of you 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 jump into this world of um, you know starting things, mm-hmm. which is that God's all about that, mm-hmm. and He continues to do that you know work in your life, uh, and you you start the the finishing fund. You started that what year? Just uh, last year, 20, uh, 2017. 2017. Mm-hmm. And the finishing fund is all about how do we reach to the ends of the earth those folks who have never trusted Christ before. So like we said, there, there's a thousand people groups. Nobody's ever gone to them with the gospel. As far as we know, there's never been a believer in any of these groups. Um, these are small groups. They're in remote places. Some of them are pretty hostile. A lot of them are Muslim uh, groups in that part of the world. Um, but look, Jesus said every nation, and we need to be serious about that. And you know, the best of our ability, go to every nation. So, I was thinking about this, and you know, Gene uh, and I were actually investing in some of this. You know, s- helping to support missionaries who would go to these groups. And I thought, you know, there's a way I can help um, with this effort, and that is to create a a pool of capital, uh, for all intents and purposes, a venture capital fund that would be available for ministries who will send workers to those groups to draw on to finance the cost of doing that very quickly. So they don't have to go raise the money $500 or $100 at a time. They can come to us and we can write a check for $100,000 or $200,000 to underwrite an effort to go uh, get this work done. And, um, you know, there's there's an interesting verse in um, 2 Peter chapter 3, Peter asks rhetorically, he says, so what kind of people ought we to be, speaking to believers? And he says, we should live holy and godly lives looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God. Mm. So the the finishing fund is about hastening the coming of the day of God by getting this job done, getting the gospel to these last uh, people groups. And, you know, I'll tell you, it's it's happening at an amazing 
uh, pace. You know, we've been in business less than a year with this. We've already in, uh, helped with projects to reach 184 of those thousand groups. I have proposals on my desk right now for about another 60 uh, of them that I got to try to process through today over the next few weeks. This is happening incredibly fast. I, I'm absolutely persuaded that we can get this work done over the next three years, maybe four or five at the outside. But, um, you know, we're, we're going to get this done very soon by the grace of God. Um, describe to our listeners what really happens to kind of this process of reaching a specific un reached people group. And one of the key things that's changed um, in the last few years to make this really possible is that almost all of this last mile work is being done by the indigenous church. So uh, an unengaged people group in the country of Chad, where I was a few weeks ago in Africa, is not going to be reached by a couple of people from Louisville, Kentucky going over there and, you know, trying to learn to speak Chadian Arabic and get involved in their culture. I, that's just really expensive. It's really, really difficult. It's you know hard to cross those cult- cultural boundaries. That's going to get done by a couple of guys in Chad, you know, who may just be, you know, just, you know, auto mechanics or farmers and, you know, but they love the Lord and they say, oh, well, we'll go. We'll, we'll go together, you know, two by two, just like in Luke chapter 10. And we'll go, we'll pray for that people group. We'll, um, uh, ask uh, the Spirit to show us a person of peace in the village there. We will engage with that person. You know, hopefully he'll, he or she will invite us into their home. That'll become our base of operations. She, she will invite people in to hear the gospel, and the gospel will come to this people group. It, it, one of the coolest things about this for me, being mm. involved in this, it literally is like literally right out of the Bible. The way these guys do this work, it's just like Jesus told us to, to do it. Go two by two. Look for the person of peace. Tell them about Jesus. Jesus comes. You know, this, uh, the people group is engaged with the gospel. It's it's an amazing thing to see. Uh, Doug, uh, you, you mentioned the person of peace. Yes. So that person doesn't know the Lord. No, no, no. But that per- the person of peace, describe that. So the Spirit works ahead uh, in these places. The Holy Spirit is, you know, active in, in these places. And, you know, the model that uh, the Bible gives us is is that in each of these places, the Spirit has prepared a person to be the first person, to be the welcoming person who invites these two strangers in and, you know, listens and, and often becomes the first believer in the, the people group. Not always. Sometimes he's, he or she just is sort of a, a go-between, but very often that, that person is the, the first person. And, and many times that person is a person of influence. Sometimes, yeah. Uh, in the community. Yes, right. And... Uh, that can make a huge impact on the rest of those who don't know Christ. Yeah, a lot of the places that are, you know, remain to be engaged are, um, you know, places where the culture is very much a community culture. And so having that position of honor in the community, of influence in the community is, you know, it's, it's important in our culture too, but in other places it's it's super important. And so identifying that right person. I was in Nepal uh, a couple of years ago and hearing some guys talk about this. And I just asked the most American question. I said, well, do you ever get the person of peace wrong? You know, I mean, like, do you think it's, you know, Kurt, but it's really Chad. And they looked at me like, well, no, we asked the Holy Spirit to tell us who it is, and he tells us who it is. <laughs> I just thought, oh, yeah, I, that's such an enlightenment question to ask, you know. <laughs> They're just trusting the Spirit. I'm, I'm trying to reason it through, right? Yeah, we, we, we Americans, yeah, we're going we're gonna to grab it by we're the— gonna, yeah, We're going to own it ourselves. We yeah. are going to do it. And uh, I, um, I, Kurt, can I ask a question real quick? 
Yes, I can. Yes, right, go okay. Ahead. So go ahead. I'm taking Chad. the mic. So uh, <laughs> there's a term that's popped out over the past few years: social entrepreneurship, mm -hmm. where you take the idea of I have a company, and my company is not just about me making money. It's about how can I take society and better it because of or through my business. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so the person who's sitting here saying, well, yeah, I didn't sell my company to a big company for lots of money. Mm -hmm. I'm just making my bills paid, getting my bills paid. Mm -hmm. How can they take their entrepreneurial perspective and say, okay, look around my neighborhood, look around my society, my culture, and say, take the exact same principles of entrepreneurship, where it's always entrepreneurship is some, there's a problem or a gap, mm -hmm. quoting Rocky, mm -hmm. and we need to fill it. Mm -hmm. Entrepreneurship is really just doing that. Let, there's a problem here, let's fix it. Talk to the person who has the entrepreneurship in their business and they can they wanna implement it into the rest of their life. So you know, the verse we talked about earlier, Ephesians 2.10, um, you know, I'm, I'm persuaded that every person's path is designed specifically for them by God. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, my path is my path and it's had some interesting things in it, some, some real blessings, some, some hardships too. Um, and it would be really hard for me to predict what that would be for somebody else. But, you know, uh, you know, Kurt, as we were talking, uh, you know, what's that in your hand, right? You know, it, it's just a staff. God asked Moses and, you know, oh, no, no, I can do a lot with that. And so, you know, the question would be, what has God equipped you and prepared you to be able uh, to do? It may not be in the area of, you know, finances where you can give or in organizing something. But, you know, just one thing that comes to mind um, Look, uh, the enemy uh, is losing territory at a rapid pace, you know, to the spread of the gospel. Uh, as these groups are coming off, the places where he has exclusive authority are, is getting smaller and smaller. He is not going to take that line down. Uh, and the real battle here is a spiritual one, and the most important part of it is prayer. And so, you know, even if you are you know, even if your health restricts you to not being able to get up and do things, you know, one of the critical parts of this work is, you know, are you, would you be willing to pray by name for a particular people group that nobody's ever gone to asking the spirit to be, you know, doing what only he can do in that place. So you can, you know, you can go online. There's a, a website called finishing the task. Uh, you could just Google FTT list and it'll show you the list of the remaining unengaged people groups. There's another one called the Joshua Project, where uh, all the people groups in the world are listed, and you can learn more about that. And so, you know, just taking the initiative to learn something about it and be willing to jump in with with prayer. So, that's just one idea, right? That's just something that comes to mind. Uh, you know, there's lots of other ways for people to get involved. Okay, thank you, Doug. That's good stuff. We're gonna take a break, and we'll come back for our fourth and final segment and hear more about uh, what entrepreneurship looks like in the kingdom, and at the end of the day, how. We'll be called to be, uh, we're stewards of this and we'll be, be judged by what we did with it. So uh, we're going to talk more about that as we come back and finish on Solid Steps Radio. Welcome back to our fourth and final segment of Solid Steps Radio. Chad Russell, along here with co-host Kurt Sauter, we're talking to Doug Cobb, who has been an entrepreneur for 20 plus years and... He was born into an entrepreneur's house, and he's got that running through his blood. And for some, most of you, you've got that entrepreneurial spirit. You want to start something that doesn't exist, or you see a problem and you want to find a solution. Well, that's an entrepreneur, and that's what God is. He sees things that don't exist, and he wants to make them exist, and, and we do that in reflection of that. And if you want to hear those first three segments, go back to Facebook, SoundCloud, or iTunes, and type in Solid Steps Radio, and you can listen to those commercial-free. Thanks to great sponsors like Dan Hart Financial. If you want to... 
take your finances in a place or they're not going to a place you think they should be for retirement or for future endeavors. If you want to leave your money to a ministry and you want to really make a lot so you can be able to leave that to to, to folks or to, to gift that away dan hart can help you do that dan hart financial and then ellen and credit union again they've been here from, from since almost day one and we want to thank them for being an incredible sponsor of us and we also want to do a little bit of a plug for a friend of our show uh, for many of you in, in Louisville area, we, you'll be familiar with a Woman's Choice Pregnancy Resource Center where they have uh, rebranded, renamed uh, their organization. It's called Beside You for Life, formerly known as a Woman's Choice Resource. They're having their annual uh, gala October the 2nd at 6 p.m. at the new Omni Hotel here in Louisville. And they would love for you to be a part of that. You're going to hear some, Kurt and I do some sound uh, commercials, some sound bites, and, and advertisements for that in the future. So we'd love to, you to put that on your calendar, October the second, six p.m. Omni Louisville, uh, beside you for life's uh, annual uh, dinner and gala uh, for support. They are a great organization. So Doug, you know, I, I think about what Jesus said. His some of his very last words. He said, "Go and make disciples of all the nations." You know, I, I've given. I've given you power. All authority in heaven and earth mm-hmm. has been given to me. I, I live in you now. I'm empowering you. Go and make disciples of all nations. And uh, and that great commission is, you know, he, he says in Acts chapter 1, you know, we're, we are his witnesses. Mm-hmm. We're to be his ambassadors. We are his ambassadors. Mm-hmm. And that was the, uh, that, the, those passages, along with many others, I'm sure, really captured your heart to... Say so we have got to proclaim the gospel to every person on the planet, the people groups. Um, as as you are, we're making head headway, significant headway with that. Mm-hmm. What's God continuing to say to you now? Uh, well, one one thing that I'm just amazed is I almost every day I, I at some point I stop and say. Thank you for letting me be involved in this. It is the coolest thing. I, I told Gina not long ago that I'm having more fun than I had since the first days of the Cobb Group back in the 80s, you know, when I was a much younger person than I am now. Uh, you know, just yesterday we got a report from a partner that's working in a Central Asian country, I won't say which one, among five people groups there that no one had ever gone to. and. We um, funded them earlier this year, and in this report, we got word that there are now believers in all five of those uh, people groups. Um, and I'm just, you know, God, you're doing exactly what you said you would, you know, you would do. You know, uh, the, in the Psalms it says, "All the nations you have made will come and worship before you, O Lord. They will bring glory to your name." You know, He's not going to leave any one unclaimed for His uh, for His kingdom. And you know, and I get to have a ringside seat to watch that, you know, watch that happening. So it's uh, probably the greatest sense is just a sense of joy at seeing what God's doing, you know, right up close. Doug, talk to us about. Um, I, I think there's some probably some listeners who are like, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, but Doug, I, I, I don't have your gifts. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I don't, I don't have your resources to 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 do what you get to do. Talk to that person. Yeah, you know, I, I don't think the, the that Ephesians 2.10 verse that we started with, I don't think that was just written for rich people or, you know, uh, you know the s- smart people or, you know, connected people. I think that verse is written to every single believer, you know. And, uh, you know, each person's story is different, but God has prepared 
uh, works, good works for each of his children to do that are specific to them. And in fact, one of the things I've noticed is is that um, you know the the things that I keep stumbling into, like I was just saying, are things that just fill me with great joy. Just the very privilege of doing them. You know, it's not a a burden to it's do. It's not an obligation. Things. It's not an obligation. It's like, oh my gosh, I I get to do this right, and so. My advice would be, you know, figure out what those things are. Um, and the best way I can tell you to do that, just in my experience, is to just walk through doors. You know, when it's something opens up, just say yes and walk through. Uh, I, you know, I'll sometimes tell people uh, when my oldest son was a freshman in high school, you know, at, at Southeast, we had, I forget, we had their D groups then or C groups now or vice versa. But and they needed leaders. And so I said, okay, I'll do that. And I did one year being a leader for high school boys and decided that that clearly was not my, <laughs> that was, that was not a door that, you know, led to other things for me. And, um, but how would I have known that if I hadn't, if I hadn't done that? Right. And other things that I have done have one thing has led to another and, you know, have put me in the position to do what I'm doing uh, today. So, um, you know, I, I just would say when you hear God speaking to you, say yes, try to walk through the door and then see what he's going to do. I, I think even say, Lord, show me, show me where you want me to be used. Yeah. Show me where I can be used in your kingdom. You know, for, for me, it, it, you know, I'm not, maybe I'm not spiritual enough about these things, but for me, it's kind of like, I just sort of keep moving forward and things, you know, happen. You know, um, I, I go to West Africa with Paul Eshelman in 1994 and make friends there. And then, you know, decades later, he says, hey, we're doing these conferences to talk about the Great Commission. Would you come and speak? And I say, sure, I'll do that. And then we sell a company and there's some money and I give it to support some missionaries. You know, it's just sort of just, you know, one thing leading to another. It's not really strategic or even planned. I'd love to say that it is, you know, oh, yeah, I... I knew back in 1980 that I'd be doing the finishing fund someday. I, I had no clue that that would be, you know, mm. where this would end up. Uh, you know, and I, I tell my kids this a lot. Um, you know, not even God can steer a parked car, right? You know, uh, you got to move, and then you know He can guide you, right? So start moving, and then see where He where He takes you. Because God's will is that we just walk with Him, mm -hmm. follow Him one step at a time. And, and over time, it's amazing how far he can take us. Well, you know, there's no doubt in my mind that God cares more about who we are than he does about what we do. He cares about both, uh, but who we are is way more important. And it's invariably been the case, it certainly is in the finishing fund, that God is busily at work in me, making me the man he wants me to be. At the same time, he's working through me to get, you know, some of this work, uh, work done. That part he could do by, through anybody, right? He could pick anybody to do that, you know? Um, and so I'm just privileged to do that. The part he's doing in me, that's personal. And I, you know, he has to put me through some of these things to get that done. So, but he's gonna always do both things. My good friend says it's, it's what God has for us and what has, God has for, wants from us. From us, yeah, both. And, and, and it's both. Yeah. I mean, this is not, you know, where we just have, that God is this taskmaster that we have to, you know, be his servant and slave. This is a privilege and honor. Uh, Doug, uh, this is good stuff, but we are, our time has come to an end. But uh, would you pray for us, guys, that we would have a heart for the kingdom of God, that whatever is in our hand, like Moses, you know, that we would, we would be willing to say, okay, I'm going I'm to follow you, Lord. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll obey. I'll work for you. Mm -hmm. 
yeah. for, for your glory. Would you, you pray for us? You know, Father, uh, I love this uh, verse, Ephesians 2.10, that you've given us, that you have prepared good works in advance for every one of your people to do. And Lord, I thank you for the way that you have led me to many of those things. I, I'm sure I've missed some along the way, but Lord, you have been so good to show me a lot of great things. And my, my prayer would be for, um, for each man and each woman listening to this uh, broadcast that you would open their eyes to see the good works that you have prepared in advance for them to do. Father, the things that respond to the gifts that you've given them, the way that you've made them, the experiences that you've you've put them through. And you know, Lord, my prayer would be that uh, they would find joy in those things just as you have given me joy in the in the things you have been privileged to let me do. Thank you, Father, for sharing your important work with people like us. You know, you know who we are and how frail we are, how and sometimes how useless we are. Uh, you love us a lot to trust us with um, your most important work. So we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm. Amen. Thank you, Doug. Appreciate you, bet, you being here, man. Great to be here. Thank you. You bet. God cannot steer a parked car. Well, that's really, if you'd heard nothing else, you heard some good advice there that your job, if you're an entrepreneur listening right now, you may have a purpose that there may be someone who needs to be employed and they need a family to support, and your job is the tool that does that. Uh, think about how many people you are helping support, how many mortgages are being paid, how many f- mouths are being fed, because if you are an employer, you're helping people to feed them. And you don't just do that by writing checks, you do that by maybe having a business and growing that business. Maybe there's a culture and a community in your neighborhood needs to be improved, and the resources or the abilities or something in your organization can help make things better. And you do all of those things in the name of Jesus. Jesus said, a cup of cold water does not get wasted in my name. If it's been given, it can be given in my name. So you as an entrepreneur, you can take all those abilities, all those talents, all that opportunity, and you can apply it towards kingdom stuff. And uh, it may not make a headline on this side of heaven, but boy, it will on the other side of heaven. So we hope that the show has encouraged you. Pass this along to someone else who needs to listen. Like us on Facebook. Go to Facebook, Sound Solid Steps Radio, and just uh, click the like button, and you can hear our shows. We post these every week, depending on when you hear this. Every Monday, we have a new show posted. So thank you for listening, and uh, we uh, appreciate it. I hope you can join us on September the 25th at the Gein Center for our thank you dinner and taping of a live show. Thanks for listening to Solid Steps Radio.